Hello everyone, you're listening to the TV Zone podcast coverage of the Amazon TV series, Them. This home is ours. This is how it begins, with one family. They came from someplace worse. We'll have to make this place worse. What's worse than worse? Heard them folks in Compton straight up evil, man. Fuck. And we are back. I'm, I'm Gray, joined by Tamika and Jay. With continuing coverage of Amazon Prime's Them. Episode 6. Nope, I'm sticking with it. Episode 6, Day 7, Morning. I want you guys to know, and I said this before we got started, uh, wow, wowie, wowie, there's a lot going on here, and I can't make sense of it, (laughs) and I hope you guys are feeling the same, I know, yeah, I'm dumbfounded this time, Tamika, what was your initial impression? We're getting into some things. Uh, I try not to like um, go up to might get my voice up too high. So I'm like, oh, no, I don't want that to like, you know, like hurt anyone's ears. So sorry to the listeners if it did. But that was my initial. I even wrote it down in capital letters in my um, in my book. Um, uh, we're getting into some things. Three exclamation marks. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because when you first said that, I thought you wrote down, don't get too loud in all caps. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Like the (laughs) self-editing. Yeah. Dang, I should have. I should have. (laughs) And think, God, you're so so good on your feet. The the Bowser joke. Oh, all, all the things. But yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I was as like confused, but I definitely felt like, oh wow, like a lot. I, I, I still feel like that. A lot happens, but not a lot happens. If that makes sense, because I feel like the first couple of episodes, it was like there's a lot going on. I hope I'm explaining this like the way I it's kind of uh, I, I mean it to come out <laughs> like I feel like there's a lot going on, but we're sticking with only a certain set of characters, whereas in the beginning of the uh, season, a lot was going on and we were just bouncing from, you know, Dudley do right to the, you know, realtor lady to petty betty to the emery's to you know we were just like all over the place mm-hmm. so yeah i i i was like oh god oh yes yes come on I'm, I'm waiting for some like serious answers here because we have been theorizing for weeks and i just feel like we're, we're getting down to the last couple episodes come on come on i feel it and yeah, I uh, I feel very good. I got I got some things 
somewhat answered. And I'm really, really looking forward to these last couple episodes because I have a feeling things are going to get wild. Like, I mean, I know they've already been wild, but like, I have a feeling we're about to like really jump off the deep end here. <laughs> I really hope so. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to taking the plunge. I believe last week we, or Jay helped us discover the titles on the internet so i already know that as i said this one's called morning and the follow-up to morning is day seven night which i was itching to hit play on and i had to restrain myself jay how did you feel about this episode initially um hmm. i feel like we are fully down that rabbit hole and we just we just now we're just in it basically because and this is coming from someone that is a huge fan of twin peaks and as wild as that show is this this show is even wilder and i i didn't think that i was ever gonna find another show that could make me think that comparing to Twin Peaks, but uh, like Tamika said, th- th- there's a lot that happens in this episode, but at the same time, doesn't happen in this episode. And I feel like they're, in a way, we're kind of starting to see a little bit behind the red curtain of what's going on really and i mean i'll kind of explain a little bit more about that when we start going through like certain scenes but yeah i'm when i when i watched this early i was just sitting there i'm like what is happening here is this am i in an experiment right now what what am i watching (laughs) like i I, like and but i mean I, i say that all in a good way because you know one thing about this show that you might think you know where it's going in an episode and then they will hit that you know quick left or right turn out of nowhere on you and you're like huh and yeah um i mean i enjoyed it but yeah it's like i said a a lot of stuff (laughs) happens in this episode that just just kind of blew my mind and I, I don't say that too much about too many shows actually so. well and let's just start unpacking okay. now if we go back to the last episode was a prequel and or I'm calling it a prequel let's just say a flashback whatever it ends with the Emery's packing up and Lucky saying goodbye to Chester, although we do see that she didn't really say goodbye to him uh, fully yet. I'm expecting a corpse in that little box mm. at some point. <laughs> However, this opening scene is Ruby Lee in bed and Lucky standing over her, telling her to go back to sleep. 
uh, Ruby's like, Mama, are you awake? And she's like, just go back to sleep. Hands out. We see that Lucky's wielding an axe. <laughs> and uh, Ruby handled that pretty well. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on just yet, but she loves her mother enough to be like, hey, I think you're sleepwalking. Meanwhile, I would have got the hell out of that room. Like, we could talk from between a wall <laughs> once I'm safe. Mom, you good? I'm just going to be out here until you put that down. Or go get dad or something. Either way, Lucky ends up taking a swing, and then we get that it was a nightmare sequence. Lucky wakes up in bed with Henry. And this is where I at. I'm going to start with I need you all's help. Uh... They are squeezing his hands pretty tightly. However, Lucky sits up and realizes her feet are covered in dirt. I didn't get a chance to go back. Oh, and the axe is under the bed. So then it's how much of this was real and how much of it was not. But then I want to go back to two episodes ago. I'm not sure if Lucky's wearing the same brassiere. But are we to believe that this is the night after Coitus? And the wicked hat man of the West was in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't remember which one of us said it, but we question if that was actually lucky with Henry. Yeah. And then I, I guess this might give that notion another thought as well, because now she has dirt on her feet, so she went somewhere, but I'm not sure if they have shown us as the audience where they keep their axes in this house or an out shed that's what they're called sheds <laughs> okay so going back to when she when um, lucky and gracie went to the um, hardware store and she sees mm-hmm. all of axes mm-hmm. now did she well, clearly she had to buy one of those axes because we see we see it. So she bought one. And as far as the dirt on her feet, I'm kind of going with that theory of where Lucky did not have sex with Henry. It was like a I want to say a, a doppelganger or whatever because uh, our, our good um, black hat friend um, whatever he did uh-huh. that is what had sex with Henry it wasn't like I think Lucky was in the backyard when when everything when that happened I'm willing to say it definitely appears that that way. Yeah. And I never had reason to suspect that. I, I guess taking the week in between kind of uh, cleared my mind of what was building up in that last episode. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. Tamika, you? I I I think it might have been me that said. That maybe it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. I actually, 
can flip. I can flip. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I still think it happened. I, I'm because I get so confused about like what's real and what's not, which I love because I love experiencing things along with the characters that way i don't have all the answers and i'm already you know three plot lines ahead of anyone but at the same time i always second guess myself like wait let's go back does is that real but i do i'm gonna stick with it i i I initially said that it wasn't her but there wasn't any like you know weird colors or anything it it just was like a just a right like there it looked like their bedroom um just like dimly lit so now i'm thinking that it did happen because maybe the man in the black hat kind of willed that to happen for whatever reason because you know for a long time it seemed like they were living separate lives in the same house, but now it seems like they're coming together. So maybe the man in the black hat is behind that. But the dirt on her feet, yeah, it does seem like there was like a scene missing or something missing. So, or, yeah, maybe Lucky, she is sleepwalking and... Maybe after I love that Gray used the word coitus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use that after they had coitus. I think maybe that's when she wandered out. Side. Hmm. You yeah. know, uh, you said a couple seconds ago that there wasn't any colors during the. Uh, <laughs> pre-coital pre-coital action <laughs> however and i'm just throwing this out there i don't really think it works because i'd have to okay. rewatch the opening scene but okay. henry wouldn't see any colors because he's not hallucinating all right he no because does... doesn't he doesn't he see the oh but i guess but how many times did that happen where he saw like the orange color, it was like yellowy orange. But I, yeah, I think that was only like twice, wasn't it? It was at work. Yeah, the yeah. But the two things that I did notice here was that Ruby's in a red blanket or maybe pajama, I forget, and that Lucky is wearing an orange nightgown coat thingy. Those are scientific words, in case you guys are wondering. And so I was thinking, like, maybe there is something going on in the beginning, but there was no whole scene color shift like we've seen before. Mm. Just the repetition of red and orange is still happening, even though orange has been Henry's color this whole time. So I kind of let it go and didn't chase it after seeing it. That's good. That's a good catch. I didn't notice the wardrobe colors. Hmm. 
But I don't know. Like, I couldn't, like, I would have to, you know, rewatch the previous five episodes to see if she had that robe nightgown before either one of them or if this is special in that situation. Yeah, because you don't, now that I know, I think about it, I don't think we see them in their bedroom too often. And, like, yeah, especially in, like, Lucky in her underwear, that's, doesn't, we don't see that too often either. Um, I noticed that with um, Betty as well. Like, I don't think, like, we don't really see, like, her in her bedroom very often either no and there's a scene later in this that makes me draw the parallel even further of betty and lucky are living parallel lives just their tit for tat is different because of the color of their skin but so far thematically they're going through the same things because mm-hmm. even in that same episode you know, we get Lucky in her underwear for the first time, and we also get Betty in her underwear for the first time, and how their two different bedroom situations go down. One husband is, couldn't be bothered to be entertained by a sexual endeavor with his wife. Meanwhile, Henry didn't ask any questions, and he may have made love to a demon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It was so casual. He may have made love to a demon. <laughs> Having on charm all the time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a charmed reference. I love it. <laughs> but, Jay, good call out on the axe thing. I completely forgot about that scene, and now I'm trying to think of if we've seen the axe again since then, and I just didn't pay attention because even when i saw it underneath her bed it didn't it encouraged me it's like oh maybe i misread that whole scene not oh she bought the axe from two three episodes ago and it may have been there the whole time as her form of protection because she can't go wielding a gun out in the public anymore yeah but she can walk out there with an axe you know (laughs) yeah 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 that's a lot safer As long as you're holding it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, chopping some wood. What do you need to chop wood for? You're in, you're in East Compton. <laughs> you don't need to chop wood. That's, <laughs> you have a good point. And I guess that's another thing between her and Betty. This episode starts with Lucky holding a weapon and ends with Betty holding a weapon. Yeah. And okay, cor- correct me if I'm wrong with this. D- does Betty wear the same dress every day? <laughs> they they are super similar. <laughs> she has she has the Doug uh, wardrobe. You know, you open the closet. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the, it's like thirty of the same dress. Right. I've thought that too. Like. I think they're just slightly like different color, like blues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Blue. But she definitely has a, a style of dress that she likes to wear. Yeah, because I was like, and chain smoking. Ugh, yeah, smokes like a chimney. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking like, 
she wears pretty much the same like the similar dress every day she stands in the window just leering out the, like like what are you doing like watch tv or something you know like, yeah like, like Betty gets up in the morning, has a glass of milk, lights a cigarette, and goes right to the window. Yeah, <laughs> like, it just looks up and down the street. <laughs> I don't know. Good. Oh. Petty Betty. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Alright, so then we get the title card, and she flips to Henry shaving in which I didn't pay attention to much anything going on in the bathroom area, but he nicks himself a single drop of blood. I've never shaved with a straight razor in my life. I don't mind when, uh, you know, the barbers or the, when those spa things called spas, (laughs) people do it. I have just never trusted myself to do it. However, I want to feel like if you nick yourself with a straight blade, there's a reaction. Henry doesn't have any type of, mechanical reaction that I've ever had any time I predict myself with clippers, a razor blade, non-straight blade. In my life, there's always a reaction. He just kind of looks down like he's lackadaisical about it and then starts, like, analyzing it, but there's still, like, some form of restraint in his life. Eyes. And I can't derive anything from this at this point other than there's going to be some bloodshed in this episode. <laughs> like, it's foreshadowing. <laughs> I didn't... I don't know why this scene... I don't know what's going on with anyone, actually, in this. I'm just going to couple it together. And then we get Ruby Lee playing in her cereal, looking at a reflection in the bowl. Uh, Lucky is doing Gracie Lee's hair. And she's definitely out of it. I don't know if Gracie Lee's out of it or not, if she's just being a typical six-year-old getting ready for school for the second time in her life since she moved to Compton uh, seven days later. I'm just going to keep beating that until it's done. (laughs) And then Lucky kind of has this fantasy of setting her daughter's whole head ablaze. Or not fantasy, but it definitely is uh, the man in the hat at work or something like that. Tempting mm-hmm. her, seducing her, uh, slowly breaking her will or what have you. Mm-hmm. And at this point, myself included and many African Americans uh, have probably been through this in their life. The burning of a hot comb on the back of your neck, <laughs> ear, scalp, mm-hmm. somewhere... And yes. Head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And does. it hurts. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's this is good. the only terrifying part in the scene because it's like, they're not showing that hot comb for nothing. That poor little girl. It's coming. And then they linger on it. And I just, so you just know. You're just like waiting, like, oh God, just do it already. I'm glad you said that though because this is Gracie's second neck injury first one was imagined this one it happened because her mother did it I think the next one's going to be fatal 
or attempt at fatal. But I bet you there's a scene coming where we go for her neck again. I wonder what that means. I'm not 100%. Hmm. But the same thing, it's like, why would they focus in on that burn? Hmm. Unless people of non-color need to see what happened because they don't understand that pain. Unless that burn is supposed to... I don't know. Well, this might be reaching, but I did. Okay, is it? I thought that maybe I put a question mark, but I I did briefly think because we we're talking um, about the really creepy um, guy in blackface. Like I forget, um, and we were talking about you know, like, I guess, selling out and how awful that feels. And I did Uh think, like, you know, Lucky, like, basically, you know, straightening Gracie's hair, you know, because, like, I've never seen, you know, her do that in the other episodes, and that's when Gracie wasn't going to school. But now, now she's, like straightening her hair so i did kind of think for a second like maybe like digging too deep into that but so like huh i wonder why she's doing that now she wasn't before i mean there was certainly not a focus on it if she was doing it no i mean you're right not even in the uh flashback episodes is she ever doing her hair yeah because like i i remember there's been at least one time this season where we see Lucky doing Gracie's hair, but it, she wasn't straightening it. Like she was just plaiting it. Like she was just like braiding it. And I thought, huh, okay, interesting. But then I just kind of moved on because I thought maybe that's reaching. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know me. I I think there's something strange about our whole schooling. And we finally get an interior shot of her actually in school this episode. But until then, I thought something, or continue to think something's off about her schooling. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can, I can definitely see see something being off about that. It, it, it just, I mean, that scene for one, they're doing the pledge of allegiance, and then. And then, um, next thing you know, well, I mean, that's, that's always kind of been weird to me anyway, that when little kids are doing the Pledge of Allegiance and then the teacher has, you know, like, who wants to come up and, and do it by themselves? It's like, wow, what is that? What, just something about that whole scene just seemed off and something a little off about that teacher too. I think I think she's I think she's a part of it. <laughs> hmm. I think the teacher's a part of it. And it's interesting to see how 
Ruby's interactions in high school where she's pretty much seen as the problem because uh, she's a smart young black woman versus a young, maybe talented and smart. We haven't really got to see Gracie Lee as much, but she doesn't have this uh, wherewithal of her surroundings and can uh, express them. <clears throat> so I'm just going to say she's smart. So I don't know if the Jay, when you said her being in on it, I don't know if Mrs. Claire, I forget the boogie woman's name now. Like Miss if it's Vera. Vera. Miss Vera. <laughs> Claire. She does look like a Claire. <laughs> uh, my bad. But I, I just think that uh, if the teacher was in on it, maybe she knew she was going to see Miss Vera. Or I was hoping that it would disturb her enough to fail so that the kids would make fun of her. Because, okay, so think think about it like this. Let's let's do like a comparison of Ruby's, you know, experience in class. You know, she gets called upon and all the kids basically, you know, are ridiculous with her or whatnot. But with, with Gracie... The teacher picks her out of everyone to come to the front to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's some like I say that whole thing was kind of like, hmm, okay, because not saying that she shouldn't pick her, but I did find it interesting that she did, and she did it in in a way of where like, like yes. Gracie, you come up here and do it. You know, it's like she was very eager about that, and in mm-hmm. in an almost subtle type of way, like how she was acting. And then when she goes up there, of course she does. She ends up seeing Miss Vera outside, and, and we get a call back to that last episode with the whole cat in the bag. Which still bothers me, but um, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, that whole scene was kind of. I mean, there, there's a lot of scenes in this episode that is kind of off, <laughs> or whatnot. But but I don't know. It's just especially the fact that you know the last episode too. We we kind of got a like a coven meeting, quote unquote. So it makes you wonder, like, how big is the coven and who? That's why I said, like, she's she's a part of it because I feel like, well, I mean, I've I've said that for a couple episodes, I think, where there's certain people in place, you know, to, I guess, make sure that the Emerys go through whatever they go through. Yeah. Like the town or Compton seems to have strategic people that are aware that there are other things going on. Yeah. I'm hoping. Okay. Oh, no, go right ahead. Okay. So, can I um, work out a theory with the two of you? By all means. 
Uh oh. That I. <laughs> okay. I said work out because I always end up like thinking it through. Like it like pops into my head and like when I'm watching the episode and then as we're discussing it, I always end up like, like working it through, like, like <laughs> connecting the dots. It's so funny. Okay. What if, okay, so this, I, now I feel silly, but oh well, I'm just going to say it. Okay. What if. East Compton, because like obviously it wasn't always East Compton, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, you know that trope of like the land being like built over like you know like sacred ground or something. Uh huh. What if like East Compton was like built over that, like over like like you know. Like sacred ground, because like where, like where is? Because my thing is, I'm trying to figure out, like where are this, like where is this supernaturalness? Is that a word? Supernatural, yeah, supernaturalness. <laughs> I'm making it a word. Like where, like where is that coming from? You know, like. So, I, oh. With a black hat, Miss Vera and stuff. Like, y- you know, like, is East Compton, like, built over, like, a portal or something? Like, I don't know. I just, so, I keep thinking, like. <laughs> so, are you saying that, that East Compton is basically um, where the hell mouth is? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> Oh, I didn't even think about that, but like, right? Because like, where, like, how, like, what's the connection, right? Like, how, like, how are these like supernatural beings like interacting with real people? You know what I mean? Like, so so that that's like a theory. I see me. This is me now trying to like connect the dots to like a brief thought that I had <laughs> but yeah like yeah, kinda, it, do you it, think it, it's possible or, or something like that land I mean it, it could have been because that's, that's one thing that's crazy about this country anyway that there are a lot of places that are built on top of either sacred grounds or you know something mm-hmm. bad happened you know before they built on it i mean hell that's what mm-hmm. poltergeist is all about right you, you know yes true so, uh, yeah uh, so is is very some... yeah it's very possible even more so we do after Henry takes the kids to the, or I assume he's taking them to school at this point, they're in the car, they're pushing off. He looks like he has the same type of resentment towards Lucky. However, once we paint over the pet, Petty Betty, smoking her cigarettes and people watching, she does go over and has like a OCD moment and peels the paint off or wallpaper off her walls. And we do see that there's some type of black soot or tarnish 
and I don't know the name of the song, but a song starts that says pretending or pretender or something like that. And I thought that was interesting because I would naturally think Betty's pretending, but then I was like, maybe the house or the neighborhood is pretending and that that house has burned down before or whatever supernatural thing has put the house up and they've just covered it up. But the neighborhood itself, like Tamika's saying, has gone through something. Mm. But, I mean, we we can't go past, I mean, you mentioned about Henry in the car. We have to talk about that look that was on Gracie's face. <laughs> she looked like she was pissed because her mother burnt her neck. I don't know if you guys caught that or not, but she just had that look on her face like, you burned me. Like you, she's like my mother, but you're never touching my head again, you know, type of thing. And because I, I felt, I thought it was interesting that they they lingered on her like that for for a little bit. I was like, hmm, I wonder what that's about. But it it could be nothing, or you know, with this show, you never know. Something small can turn into something big. You never know. But no, you're right. Kinda, yeah, I shortchanged that moment because even when she gets burned, uh, Gracie's like, "Ow, ow, Ruby, she burned me." And or no, not in that order. I think Ruby says, "Mama, what did you do?" And Gracie says, "Ruby, she burned me." And you have this, I don't. It's a weird situation of like you're reporting out on your mother, <laughs> your older sister, suggesting well, there's some lack of trust. Yeah, I mean that, but that hot comb, but it hurts, and I would feel a little way too, you know, if I had this like, I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever had like a scar from it, but if like I got burned, like I mean, oh god, I still thinking about it, like it's sitting on that stove, that stove, oh god. Yeah, oh. I have been burned by several. Uh, for some reason, I don't know, let me, but people thought I, I wanted long hair when I was a young kid. I was running around with a little red fro. From time to time, they would straighten it and put it in a ponytail or whatever. And clearly, I'm not the decision maker. <laughs> no six-year-old boy is like, I want to have a ponytail. <laughs> well, unless you're like, unless you're like, cool or... Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't know if he even had a ponytail. <laughs> See, no, no, it's Steven Seagal. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant Steven Seagal. My bad. Sorry, Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's disgusting. You know, Sully's a good name. I'm sorry. <laughs> or, or Steven Seagal. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't want my childhood in his ballpark. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, well, shoot, I, I've been burned by by a hot comb because w- when I was like like six, five or six, I had a um, I had a tail. Yeah. Right? Okay. And for some reason. My sister wanted to, sh- wanted to like straighten it, and she burned the back of my neck. <laughs> and 
Yeah, I, I kind of had the same, um, you know, reaction that Gracie had. You know, <laughs> I was like, "Why was she burned? Like she burned me." What <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I don't know why I let my sister try to do that, but yeah, never again. But that, yeah, that, <laughs> that that is a that's a sensation that I don't think anyone should ever <laughs> experience, really. So. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No, thank you. I'm glad that this film could summon other traumas in the black experience. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, the like dreaded hot comb. <laughs> right. As soon as I saw it in the screen, I was just like, oh no. Gracie just doesn't understand what's coming. I already knew. Uh, okay. I believe next we have uh, Henry being chastised by his boss yet again. This time oh, for his quote-unquote outburst at the work function in which his boss legit is trying to just shut him out of a bonus. And I don't know if there's just more to go around if they exclude a person of color or if he really is excluding him Actually, I said that wrong. I don't know if it's just more money to go around if they exclude a person or if they're targeting Henry specifically because he's a person of color that turned in the winning, uh, I, I don't know, analysis that got them the contract for the Pentagon. And I think there's this, I don't know. First of all, I was disgusted because he's gave Henry like a math test and then, like, Henry gives him the answer, and he's like, you could tell his boss never knew the answer. He just wanted to see if Henry would answer it. And then he starts, you know, poking at him, and Henry's doing his checkout move, I guess you want to call it, where he's just suppressing everything. He hears it. He's not gritting his teeth, but squeezing his palms. I'm not sure if there's a term for this, but I'm sure you guys... Or just is taken back when he opens his hands and we do see the blood from the amount of pressure of him squeezing his hands closed so tightly and his nails digging into his own palms at the anger of Mr. Beck, Beck Specs screwing him out of this bonus. Well, when I saw this scene, I was like, so clearly little Marvin has has uh, kind of took something from my own personal life where oh, yeah. I, I I have a habit of doing that of when I get angry about something or whatnot I will clench my my fists like that and just try to suppress it that's not good to do um or whatnot because that leads to stress and other stuff, but that can happen to you. But um, but it is a real thing. I, I don't know exactly what it's called either. I probably have to look it up. I'm sure it is like a term for it, but just to see Henry <laughs> doing that with both of his fists and the fact that he's clenching so hard that, yes, he his palms, he's bleeding, basically. And I was... I was feeling like 
is Henry going to attack this man in this office? <laughs> like, that's that's what it felt like. Like he was like literally so pissed and and going back to what you said, Gray, too, about his boss basically shutting him out. And it, it is I want to say like it's a combination of of both, really, of him shutting him out because he's a person of color. And also because he's the one who basically got them that Pentagon deal. And you can kind of say that it also leads, it kind of shows like how, you know, back, you know, during slavery time, when the mat, like when the slave came up with an invention or whatnot, wasn't the slave that got credit for it. It was the master. And it became his, his invention mm. or whatnot. Mm. And how to this day, there are so many white families that are, you know, living the life of wealth because a slave of one of their ancestors came up with something. But because the slave was the property of the master, it became the master's invention henceforth, you know, the slave gets nothing. The, the white family reaps the reward of everything. And that's kind of what was going on here. How, how is it that Henry could, is the one who came up with this whole thing, but now he's going to be shut out of it. It's his work, but he, he will get absolutely no credit for it. And can't blame the man for, you know, being pissed about that, of course. So, I in a way, like I said, I could, and I think all of us can kind of relate to that to some degree. Where you put in the work for something, but you're not going to get the credit for it, and you being what shift to another project that's not as well. The Pentagon deal is a huge thing, I would assume, especially at that time. So now you're getting relegated to just doing some remedial work now mm-hmm. just because of the fact that you you spoke up to the big boss at a function. Because, I mean, outside of, you know, that's the only thing that is that could be the reasoning for that. It's because he spoke to the big boss when his immediate boss was like yeah you know you don't need to show up at this function he shows up and then he goes over introduces himself they actually have somewhat of a cordial conversation and so it's almost it's almost like like his boss is is jealous that Mm -hmm. henry could henry could what connect with with the old man on a level because they have that military connection when yeah. he couldn't so yeah he, he fell in some type of way so what's the best way to deal with it oh let me take it out on the black guy yeah exactly I also think yeah that... go ahead Tamika that's all I was gonna say oh. I I wanted to say, and this might be more unintentional tongue-in-cheek, but maybe purposeful, as little Marvin seems to have been this whole time, 
when you do get the scene of Henry clenching his fist, as you would say, do either one of you think of the author meme? Uh, <laughs> that was like the, the Arthur meme. <laughs> that was like the first place my head went. And then I was like, you know what? That meme is from when Arthur attacks his sister for breaking the airplane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which Henry kind of builds. Because they were in the hangar. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be something if, like, little Marvin did, like, a Arthur meme 1953 style yeah. edition? <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's where my mind went, and it kind of sticks a little. Because I remember she broke his plane, yeah. and that's why he was so upset. Because he pushed <laughs> Yep. This was, what, the 90s, so it was still okay to attack women in cartoons? That's not bad to say it out loud. <laughs> but um, if you guys at listening don't know what author is, please uh, go back and watch it. It was excellent. Excellent theme song, too. Yeah. As the kids say, it still slaps. It does. It does. Oh. Francine. And Francine would slap you, most likely. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Next we have Lucky going to visit Hazel again. Which and... Hazel? Oh, wait. Did I say it? Wait. Did no, I, say... I remember. No, I, no I, I call her Witch <laughs> Hazel. Okay. <laughs> um... Sorry, I don't know why that confused me so hard. <laughs> and Hazel kind of is like defending Lucky as far as what happened with Gracie and then explaining that she knows about Chester and just wanted to hear her say it up instead of her perhaps bringing up the gossip. Either way, she kind of levels with Lucky and says, hey, you're having these feelings. Something like this has happened before, but I don't want to say too much. She goes to put on um, at least hot water. I can't remember if it was tea or not. And after she says key, key words about the Abernathys? Nope. Starts with an A. Last name, Abutra. Do either one of you guys remember the name? Beaumont. Beaumont. Where did I get an A from? Was it a first name starts with A? Yeah, uh, Arnez Beaumont. Okay, okay. So I'm not completely off my rocker. <laughs> we st- we but, still have a few episodes to go, so no, not yet. Yeah. Alright, so Hazel starts talking about the Beaumonts that I got hung up onto for way too long. And she acknowledges that the mother killed her family. Or that she was driven crazy is the part she acknowledges that I thought was interesting because it isn't, it's not some black woman that just killed her family. It says, Hazel specifically said she was driven crazy and she killed him. 
Lucky has a moment and then she like darts out to continue her super sleuthing around the city. And I love that everyone's kind of having their own adventure day. <laughs> like they're getting the most out of their daylight hours in this episode. And we flip to Betty where I don't think anything notable happens to her other than her husband's been spending their life savings. <laughs> and I think that this is the one time where she deserves to be rightfully, like, gangfully pissed. <laughs> I think, well, I don't think. It was $6,000 supposed to be in the account in the 1950s. I'm sure that's equivalent to probably $100,000. <laughs> and <laughs> the teller, I guess he's like, no, nah, I don't want to touch this. I don't want to talk about it. This lady has no clue how screwed she is. So, like, they go in the roundabout of, like, hey, I, I want to take this money out. No, you can't take this money out. Oh, do I need to call my father? Just say, no, there's no money to be taken out. What do you mean there's no money to be taken out? Let me rephrase this. It's not my husband's account. It's my account that my dad did. And they go back and forth. I wish I had the Tim Curry gift of speech, and I could have done that a little bit faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it, it was it was getting into clue yeah. territory. <laughs> More about the count dollars. It's one plus two plus two plus. <laughs> anyway, Betty kind of conducts herself really well for someone who finds out that she only has four hundred dollars left in her bank and it, this is a complete surprise. She's again trying to move. And is unable to get out of East Compton. Which I think is also funny because Lucky wants to leave and can't get out of Compton. But again, like she just gets a little crazed look and I think she like blinks 40 times. <laughs> thanks to gentlemen and leaves. And I, just, I was just, I was blown away. So, first time where I was like, that woman needs a hug and a glass of milk. Warm milk. I think warm milk would do it. Because there is nothing good in her life. I can see why she is a miserable woman and is targeting the Emery's as just people, easy targets. Because she feels like she can make them feel like her surrounding husband, family, ecosystem. Her surrounding ecosystem has her feeling. Did anyone else get some heartstrings, some violins playing in the background for Petty Betty? A little bit. A little. A speck. A speck. <laughs> the size of a quarter. Oh shit! <laughs> a quarter. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe I'm quarter just going to size. Apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, in, in, in all seriousness, though, I mean, just just imagine you going to the bank. You know how much money you have in the bank, and then the teller just like, ah, of all of that, you only have four hundred dollars left, huh? Mm -hmm. What? Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> like. But I, I took a little bit something from this scene of where is the teller being truthful with her and is her 
father maybe manipulating the whole situation to keep her in East Compton. Mm. Or maybe like to get her to come to like, because I I picked up that there was some like I guess what's the word like incest going on. So maybe it's like a way to like have some sort of like involvement in her life even uh-huh. if it's not like physical so maybe he just wants her to come back home to get that bath Ugh. yeah yeah Ugh. 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 yeah i guess a bath never sounds so dirty until just now yeah i mean that, that I, I will say this in that whole scenario that happened um i did feel for because it's like you thinking about it, it's like how long had that been going on before she left home so but as far as with the whole bank thing it's like yeah that is kind of that does suck wouldn't it? so there's a few instances of where betty is i want to say can kind of sort of be a sympathetic character you know what i just thought about it the the best way i can put it is that she is the steppenwolf of this show and for anyone who know what i mean by that just watch justice League. yeah the thousand worlds the look on (laughs) steppenwolf's face yes yes Mm. it's it's the same look you only have four hundred dollars left. You owe me fifty thousand worlds, huh? You know, yeah. That's, that's sad look. So, yeah, it, it, it's almost like that. Yeah, she she's like this show's Steppenwolf, basically, of where you're not supposed to feel sorrowful, but at the same time, you can see where the anger and you know bitterness and vengeful you know comes from towards others so wow just blew my mind <laughs> <laughs> Betty Wolf Betty, Betty Wolf <laughs> Betty Wolf, <laughs> Betty Wolf. <laughs> she's That's not Petty Betty anymore <laughs> she's Betty Wolf <laughs> Evil just gotta upgrade <laughs> well I mean he, he, he did 2017 2021 is definitely upgrade. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. I'm gonna. I'm writing that down now. Like <laughs> Betty is the new Steppenwolf. Betty's perfect. I. I think next we get to Ruby Lee at school, and I'm just going to go ahead and nip her storyline in the bud all at once. She's at school alone. Doris, who we have confirmed is her imaginary friend, says, we're going to go to cheerleading practice, or I'm going to go to cheerleading practice. You should come. And Doris disappears, and it pans out. And Ruby is indeed sitting by herself with not a sight of uh, anyone like a Doris walking away. 
And then we get to said cheerleader tryout in the old gym. And it seems like Ruby's being accepted by everyone and is the center of attention doing her little routine until the cheerleaders start deteriorating, contorting. Doris is on the floor and they're doing a little weird camera angle thing. I don't really think she's a contortionist by trade or nature. However, we realize that Ruby Lee is dancing with a bunch of people that are 100% dead. And at this point, I can't figure out if she's 100% checked out or she is 100% okay with it. Like, she's completely aware that something supernatural is going on, but she is that lonely to where it's okay. Hmm. Because at least it's not, you know, whoever being mean to her or, you know, thinking that's the intelligence of her because she's obviously a really bright young lady. And I don't know. So it was weird that she magically knew the cheer or that they're all just projections of her possibly. And that's why they're all doing the same movements because it's all she knows, which that's a real time thought. Yeah. I'll I'll just say this, that I I thought that scene, like the, the pan out of her by herself doing you know, the routine or whatnot. I thought it was like this, like what the saddest days really, because she's all alone. And so to kind of piggyback off of your point, Gray, about her just, is she checked out or whatnot? Maybe, maybe she is and she's just okay with it because yeah, this is like the only place where she can just be at peace. I guess. So, so yeah, it, but it, but it was like a like a sad thing when you think about. Because even when she was at the, you know, at the uh, at the table at breakfast or whatnot, and how she was just like looking at her reflection, and I thought it was interesting with how the milk was was like in the shot because it kind of made me think back of what I said about. What if Rubius, like, she, she wants to be white? Mm-hmm. Type of thing. Cause the way the, the milk was kind of, like, over, like, kind of cutting across her face in a way. And it was like, like, hmm. Whitewashing, would you say? Yeah. There you go. Perfect. So. Yeah, I, I keep coming back to that for some reason, and I, 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 I hope that they uh, like fully address that because right now we're just kind of getting little bits and pieces of it. But I, I hope before the the season ends that we actually, you know, get a a more in depth into her psyche in regards to that. Yeah, because I, I don't want her, it, it, that whole story, that part of her storyline, it breaks my heart. And I, 
it's like one of it just really makes me sad for her. Uh, so I, I agree. I hope they do. There, well, yeah, I hope there's some res, like resolution for her, you know. And hopefully, it doesn't come at the end of an ex. So. Right. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I think sad is definitely the operative word there because it. She's the least affected by the crazy things that are going on at home because of how isolated she possibly feels. Like she doesn't even question that Doris is sitting on the sidelines with her. Then Doris magically has a cheerleading outfit on. Right. Like she's just into it. And I didn't remember like at one point the camera goes upside down when she either starts cheering or when she first goes into the gym. I can't remember exactly anymore. All right. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, I think it happens when, uh, she's like, when, um, Doris asks her to like join them, like join in with the other girls in quotation mm-hmm. girls, <laughs> the other yeah. girls. Oh. Poor Ruby Lee. Yeah. Okay, since since she she goes into the old gym and everything, <laughs> do, do you think that the janitor will eventually find her, you know, doing this and, and they have another scene together? Hmm. You know, yeah. Because she needs a catalyst, right? But there's something different going on as well as to where she's pretending to go to cheerleading practice or tryouts after school. So if she's already imagined this whole squad that accepts her, how long is imaginary tryouts going to go to? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes. So we need something to be like, hey, get out of here. Well, I I don't think he'll put his hands on her again because... You know, well, yeah, the way that worked last time, but I mean, he is the um, you know, Scatman Carruthers of this, and I do <laughs> someone look before this series is over, someone is gonna get that axe, and I don't know, it might be him, maybe, might be Betty, we we don't know yet, but someone will get axed, so I'm okay if it's him. Oh, if it's the janitor? Yes. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. But neither did Scatman Carruthers in the shining, so. True. Yeah. Yeah. I think if more. Never mind. I'm going horror adjacent. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. <laughs> Lucky goes to visit Arnett. I believe that's what you guys said her name was. Or the Beaumont lady. And right off the bat, she's just kind of like, those thoughts that you have about your children, you need to enjoy every second you have with them while you have those thoughts before you bring them to fruition. So she instantly recognizes whatever happened to her and Lucky the second like they wheel her up to... I couldn't tell if she didn't have legs anymore, now that I think about it. Maybe that's a thing. The man in the hat takes people's legs. 
I don't know. Did you say something, Jay? Sorry. No, no, no. I was just, I was just thinking, like, what if it's like a thing? So I was like, hmm. <laughs> like, like yeah, yeah, you do all this. I make you do this, and in return, I take your legs. It's like, was he a, yeah. was he a gangster? Like, I take your legs. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it, it almost seems like now in hindsight, because we do get a flashback later of her actually uh, pouring, I assume, some type of acid on her family. And she's standing while doing that. However, they were on their knees and okay with it. So I hope that there's more fleshing out soon of what guys were they under to be like, oh, this is going to work out. <laughs> this seems like a good move. Anyway, before that even happens, we cut back to Henry, who's gone home and drunk with anguish and shame. The television turns on automatically and he's like fine with it. And I think he starts to giggle or laugh and he walks into his, uh, I forget where he walks to, but he goes to get alcohol kitchen. <laughs> he goes into the kitchen <laughs> and grabs a tall boy. And like, he's, he, I remember he has like this hunch, like he's walking different and he goes back to watch a show. Robert Young came across the screen and Jane something. They're not significant to me. I assume that they were big actors or this is another callback uh, like we did when he first got the television set to other shows from that time period. And maybe these were significant people in interracial relationships, not relationships, but groundbreaking interracial interactions through cinema, television and film. Now I sound like a smart person. <laughs> anyway, we get Henry aware that he's not alone. He he looks over to be seen on his couch. Like kind of like he's acting like he's drunk, but we know he hasn't drank yet. Or at least we haven't been shown that he was drinking yet. But it seems like he's aware that he's not alone. And then we get the dancing man saying, you know, Mr. Henry this, Mr. Henry that. And I thought this interaction was creepy. Because mm -hmm. up until now, Henry's kind of been like enraged anytime he sees this thing. And now this thing's in his home, sitting to him, next to him, and talking to him. And Henry's not alarmed, nor does he think he's hallucinating at this point. And no colors are shifting that I recalled. So is the man in the black hat winning? And these people's will or power breaking down to where they're willfully interacting what was apparitions but you know allegedly the more you believe in something the more it becomes true and now henry and at least lucky are in this other world mm. yeah 
I definitely think so because, you know, at first it was Lucky who wasn't taking to, you know, moving to East Compton very well and, you know, pulling guns out and switches and all kinds of things mm-hmm. <laughs> to the, the neighbor, the, the neighborhood people. Uh, and now I feel like it's going to be Henry's turn, you know, to kind of join in on that. And like, cause I mean, he, he, he has his moments where he's about to, you know, his anger is about to spill over, but he usually for the most part, like keeps it together, you know, like he didn't beat up those, uh, the, the neighborhood husbands, the, the real, the real husbands of East Compton. We'll call them. Like he didn't, he didn't beat, he didn't beat them up, right? Like he kept his composure there. And then at work, he went into the bathroom to scream. So he usually, you know, like he gets angry, but he's really good at keeping his composure. But I feel like this is, you know, him like slipping and like going in the direction of like lucky. And it was creepy. I just, I don't, the, it's hard to look at the, the dance, is it the dancing man? Like, it's hard to look at his face. Like, it's the black face, but it's also the fact that, like, there's white underneath of it. Like, it looks like it's, uh, it's a black person playing a white person playing a black person. Right. That's what that like makeup looks like to me. So that that's just unsettling. And I I yeah, I'm creeped out too. I'm with you, Gray. Yeah. Speaking of creeped out, like him drinking that beer can was gross and creepy at the same time. I was like, ooh. Like <laughs> it was just it seemed like the longest twelve ounces in US history. Uh, <laughs> but the way his mouth was like fixating around the can, or I mean, I guess I was fixated on the way he was mouthing the can and the liquid just dripping down his face. I was like, mm, no, thank you. Yes. And the song that stuck in my head, like for the rest of the night. Um, after I watched that uh, th- this episode, like stuck, I could not. It was just on loop. I couldn't get it out of my head. You, it was in my head for a different reason. Because okay. Uh, by the time Henry's leaving the house, he kept saying, "What you gonna do?" Yeah. And then my next instinct, when they come for you. And I started singing uh, that was Bad Boys song. <laughs> in which there is a reference to Sheriff John Brown, which was maybe a bad or good guy, but I remember like Younger Life. That is the same reference from the Bob Marley song. And I was I didn't look up who he was, basically. <laughs> Sorry. That went nowhere. No, no, it did. I, I got the through the through line, like his he. Huh. That's wow. Okay, I didn't even think about it like that. I just I don't know. I was just so stuck on like the creepy way he was 
Like he just was. And the song, what is up with the creepy songs? There's the creepy song, the lady that steals uh, Chester, that creepy song. It's like, God, with the creepy songs. Yeah. No, no, I was just going to say, I did look it up and that show that he was watching with Robert Young and Jane Wyatt, Wyatt. Father Knows Best, is a real show. And the fact that he's watching this show called Father Knows Best, mm-hmm. he is the father, and he was going to do something that was not the right thing to do, whatever it was he was planning on doing. But, but yeah, um, that whole thing with, okay. That whole scene with the tap dance, man. That's like that's the second scene now in this house with a entity that kind of freaks me out. First one, of course, was you know way back with Miss Vera sitting in the dark and oh, yeah. getting up, right? You know, but this one was in broad daylight, and I I felt like too they kind of they kind of gave us a touch of what his character represents because when him and Henry are talking and Henry says that about, you know, about profit sharing, you have to earn it. And the way he says it. And then he says, well, he say, Oh, Mr. N, you sound just like them, which we kind of discussed. Like that's what his character represents. And it's like the more, Henry gets, I guess, involved in his work and with these people. He's losing some of who he used to be and he's slowly turning into them. Mm-hmm. You know, no pun on the title of the series, but that's so it's like, okay, so that's what he represents. And, you know, and Tamika, like you said, I didn't even think about that, about here you have a black actor with this black face, but with a white face underneath. So, yeah, it's, it's almost like a, a dual identity, you know, kind of going on here with the whole black and white. And then it, I guess it kind of sort of leads into what's going on with Ruby Lee to, mm-hmm. in, in a way. Almost, mm-hmm. it's like his is kind of stuck in that in between of walking that fine line of black and white, whereas Ruby Lee's is fully white. Mm-hmm. So hmm, yeah, it like I say with with their I guess you know entities that's like linked to them. I feel like the the it can it's not so much demonic. I mean, it is demonic, but it's not as demonic of what's attached to Lucky and, and Gracie or whatnot. And that's another thing I would like to see them hopefully fully explain before this series is over, like why each one of them have like a different representation linked to them but also to why 
are these like entities why they're projected the way they are is it because Mm of what's going on internally with them so it kind of manifests that way or something else so hopefully like i say before the series is over like they give us some backstory or, or explanation of that because I, I really would like to know and like i say not, especially with this whole tap dance man with henry yeah he he I, I would almost say like he's probably the more more interesting one of them because i mean we we, we kind of got the sense of what the man in the black hat is we we kind of have the sense of what miss vera is supposed to be but i would say the tap dance man and, and doris are still kind of somewhat question marks of like what exactly are they what whether they're what is the significance what's the meaning behind them as mm-hmm. connection to henry and ruby lee yeah hmm Oh, I don't know. There's so many possibilities, which is cool, I think. Because I I like guessing and I like thinking about it. Huh. Oh. I have to think about it some more. But... I forgot to mention, I do have my theory. Yes! Or whatnot. Okay. Alright, so. I feel like what's going on with the Emery's is something that's stuck on a loop. Really? Yeah. Let's go back to The Shining. You've always been here. You know, that whole thing. Yeah. And you have different people that came before and they kill their families or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and, but they've always been there. And I feel like in this case, Lucky is the Jack Torrance of the family. And the whole meeting of this Arnez Beaumont lady is kind of like the scene in The Shining where um, Jack he runs into the guy who's the waiter, but he's the one he was the he was the caretaker before Jack was, who who killed the, you know his daughters and everything, and he tries to give like, no, you were the caretaker, but you are. You know, that whole back and forth that they have. I feel like Arnez and Lucky kind of sort of had that type of back and forth to some degree. Uh-huh. So I feel like there's like this big loop that's going on here. Mm-hmm. That these people are drawn in, they lose their minds, and then now how does the man in the black hat determines who from the family is the one? Because it, it, 
well, so far we we see three families. Now, I thought it was interesting that there's no mention of the Johnsons at all in this episode. Right. But if you notice, it's always the women, the mothers of the family, I should say, that are the ones who commits the act. Right. Talk to the families. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Arnez, she kills her husband and son by pouring the acid all over them or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Johnson, she, I guess she burned the kids in the oven. I mean, we, we never see it, but that's <laughs> what, that's what's insinuated there. Um, and everything. And Lucky is having this vision of burning Gracie and chopping up Ruby. So, but it's always mm-hmm. the the mothers of the family that's committing the act. And what if it was actually Lucky that killed Chester? So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's a, a it's it's like a it's almost like East Compton is the Overlook Hotel, and <laughs> yeah, they're they're on this they're on this big loop. They're lured in and. Yeah, you know. So. And wasn't the hotel like? Wasn't that like? Isn't there something up with like that location? Like the? I think it was on. I might be wrong on this, but I swear it said that in regards to like Indian Indian ground or something. I believe I might be wrong, oh. on that, but. Oh. but I'm sticking with that theory. Stay with it, because I think there might be something to it. At first, I was just, like, tossing it out there, because it popped into my head, but I'm sticking with it now, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, but after, but yeah, I mean, after you said that about, like, especially with the whole East Compton, it wasn't always East Compton, which is true. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so, maybe, maybe it is the hell mouth. So, so yeah. Never know. Hmm. Hotel. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> where to pick back up. However, I think we dabbled in it before, so I'm just gonna bring it back out of. The Pledge Allegiance with Ruby finally in class. And her teacher asking, I thought this was strange to begin with, because I can't tell if they're just doing drills or I don't know when the Pledge of Allegiance actually enters schools. So I don't know if it's new, but I don't remember ever being taught the Pledge of Allegiance. I just remember standing and everyone doing it. And I don't know if I faked it until I got it or not, but immediately after they have just pledged their allegiance to the flag, the teacher asks who wants to do it on their own. And Ruby's like excited. Like she even claps or like, yeah, she claps when she gets called on. It's like, yes. And I was like, do do kids really go that hard back then to do it on their own? I don't know. 
I mean, I definitely remember being taught it. I think it was like my earliest memory was like kindergarten or like first grade. I'd even been like before then. And yeah, I think it was like kindergarten. Um, uh, good on you for having that memory that still works. I. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only reason why I remember is because when I was growing up, I um, I was really, really shy, and I hated being called on. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and I, I, I think I was, I was called on. Like I didn't raise my hand. Like I tried hard to be invisible, and it didn't work. It never worked. And. <laughs> My teacher, she called, she, she called on me and I was just like, oh, if I could just fold into myself and just, just Thanos snap, like just, <laughs> that would be great right about now. Um, but yeah, I think that's why I remember it because it's tied to like a negative thing, a negative feeling. Uh, yeah, Bill, Bill Martin and his trauma. <laughs> It's working though, because it's like relatable stuff, you know. Yeah, I do have to call out. This is the one thing I googled this episode was the Pledge of Allegiance, because I couldn't figure out if this was significant or not. Turns out it was written by, or I guess I looked up the person who wrote it. It was written by a man whose name I no longer remember, but he was a Christian and a minister. And the original one he wrote was obviously changed by the time it got to the version we know now. However, he was cremated or burned after he died. And I think there's been a lot of things throughout this that have to do with things burning. Uh, Possibly Betty's house. Lucky's fantasy, or not fantasy, uh, daydream in the morning, and then the Beaumont's wife burning their fa- her family with acid. So, I, like, there seems to be fire, or the element of fire seems to be a thing that this episode is screaming out. I don't know the significance between fire and Christianity, or ministers in the past but something's going on there i just think my general knowledge is not uh in-depth enough to know the significance anything i can oh well sorry (laughs) um i think and i i could be wrong but the only thing that i um that sticks out to me about fire is like like a cleansing. It's like a like a way to like start over. Like um, what's the word? Not cleansing. Um, not cleansing. What's another word? Like a synonym for that? Like um, but cleansing could be the word. Okay. Um, if the man in the hat and Miss Vera, whoever's the actual true thing in power is trying to get rid of them and their thought process between a cleansing and getting rid of them is the same, then burning them would be their answer or go-to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're spot on. <laughs> I 
I guess the Johnson's kids may have been burned alive in the oven. That's more of a Hansel and Gretel approach, though. Right? Which goes back to witches. (laughs) Witch Witch Hansel. Hansel. (laughs) (laughs) Witch Hansel. Mm, I like it. They did burn the yard, too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That was, God, I thought that was so, like, silly on their part. Like, ooh, my God. I'm going to be really super scared now. If they had, like, burned a cross or something. Okay, I'll give you that. Really? Burn some words into my yard? Mm. I know how to get them. We're going to burn words in their yard. That'll teach Yeah, I'll learn them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never... <laughs> I mean, we did talk about this last time, but the amount of crafting or hard-earned dollars spent, plus actual physical time in that yard, possibly on a Monday or Tuesday night, it's not how I want to spend pissing off my neighbor. If it takes me longer than five minutes to get at a neighbor, I'm out. I need instant gratification. I don't want to, like, go through six, eight hours of work and hanging things and decorating and not even be there in the morning to see the payoff. I actually love that this episode begins with letting us know that the Emery's weren't going to clean it up or acknowledge it. And then that kind of brings us to a point of contention with Lucky and Betty later. But not before Henry, I guess, is cruising for a bruising. Uh, (laughs) I'm not even sure if it's clear that he's in his neighborhood walking the streets or if he's just walking the streets looking for trouble aimlessly. But he does find someone that is looking to bite, essentially. I forget the words exactly, but essentially this gentleman keeps calling Henry boy, which sets him off. And I'm not really sure because he's like skulking around this house for a bit. And I'm not sure if I understand the skulking part. Well, wasn't that his boss house? Mm-hmm. I could yeah. I couldn't tell because the guy comes through. I didn't know if it was his boss house or his boss's boss house. No, I think it was his boss house because when they show when they show the shot from inside the house, looking at Henry peeping in, the camera pans back and you get a family picture and it looked like his boss and his family. Oh, I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just remember like. There was a knife in that scene, and like that's what I took away from that scene. I didn't even look at the. That was stupid. I didn't even look at anything else. So, because I, because when I saw this, I was like, okay, does Henry actually have a plan? Like, what, what is he? 
what is he doing here? Like, I, I was scared. I thought that he was going to go to his boss's house and, like, shoot him or something. So my oh, heart man. just started pounding. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. Like, I just remember thinking in my head the whole time, like, no, no. What are you doing? Don't do that. Don't, it's people, it's broad daylight. People are going to see you. What you doing? Like, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, again, back to worrying way more about these characters' well-beings than they care about their own well-beings. Like, yeah. Henry, oh, no, baby, what is you doing? But I okay. What a question come to come to mind. Okay, we see the tap dance man drink the tall boy, mm-hmm. but was it really Henry drinking? I took all of this, Henry tap dance and the fight or not fight sequence. I can't tell if Henry cold cocked him with like a, a like pistol whipped him. I'm not sure what happened there. <laughs> well. He shouldn't have stopped and he shouldn't have turned his back on him. That's what happened. <laughs> but I was getting like serious Tyler Durden uh, vibes. Like if you guys have ever seen Fight Club or read Fight Club. Mm-hmm. And there's that scene where essentially Tyler's talking to Tyler. And Edward Norton in the movie says, I felt like destroying something beautiful. After like he mutilates this guy's face in a fight that he had clearly already won. And like. There's a scene where his jaw just is disconnected and he's trying to say stop or something. Um, oh, Jared Leto, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jared Leto. That's it, yep. You're the pretty boy. But, like, this whole interaction with Henry, as, as you were saying, Jay, like, that's what I'm thinking is going on. Is that the tap dance man is Henry's projection or personification of, like, the character that goes to work like the tap dance man is the person at work henry is the person oh yeah okay so that would explain the whole like his demeanor change and that kind of hunched over walk Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm okay because at the core of this song we haven't figured out how henry got a college education is that he's a war of TSD. That we know for sure. Mm-hmm. So where, and he was tested on. I'm not sure if there's a Rosemary Baby thing going on, but I do love Jay's theory about him. <laughs> I'm, I'm still coming back to that. I, I, I yeah. didn't know how they got the situation going. Because... Gracie Lee has this outburst of the cat in the bag, and it seems like she's stuck. This is all she can say, which we now know this is what the woman did her uh, late brother's body. But there is no reason for Gracie to even know that. So why is it in her head? Why is it in her mind? Why can't she stop saying it after she sees Miss Vera? So I I, I, I think they're connected in some way, too. Uh. I just don't know how yet. But there's no other way she could have known that phrase. It would have been funnier if she grabbed a pillowcase and threw one of her classmates. Oh my gosh, yeah. 
Uh, well, Grace would be going to jail at that point. So. Yeah. Make me say the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Mrs. Emery, you're a daughter. <laughs> Just imagine that conversation. Jeez. Uh. There's no note on your jacket that's going to solve that. <laughs> huh. So that happens. Um, Lucky comes to pick up Gracie from school. And Lucky seems to be in a rush to get home because of the stuff that happened in the Beaumonts. Gracie's kind of like, she doesn't understand what happened at school. And they kind of have this moment where they stop right in front of the lawn long enough for us to see. I don't know why I'm laughing. That's it's really funny. But again, we see nigger lovers or lovers. Wow. Heaven in the lawn. Excuse me. I did not mean to say lovers. As she like kind of tried to console her daughter and reprimand her daughter at the same time. And then they get these glaring looks from white neighbors and their children. And Lucky realizes that this is not the moment to look weak. She stands up, stares them right back in the face. And I love that scene of like the dichotomy of like, I'm trying to rear my child, but in this moment, I need to be strong for the both of us, which carries into uh, Betty Wolf, or now we know Mrs. Wendell, coming out of her house like, I've been sitting in this window for three hours. Where have you been? <laughs> like that type of attitude. <laughs> coming out and she asked her to clean up the yard and why would lucky clean up the yard it's i wish she would have had some clever to say like it's your husband's mess when he gets off work tell him to get over here and get it something like that however <laughs> we get something entirely better at this point uh petty betty betty wolf mrs wendell elizabeth has the goal to call them niggers. And at this point, Lucky is so smooth, calm, collect. Ask Gracie to hold her purse, not go inside, just stay right here. Because she's about to show her daughter what a strong black woman looks like. And I loved how she just walks up to Betty, just smiling, not irate, nothing, just her hair's a little disheveled, but it's okay. And then she just backhands the shit out of her. Like, no mm. if, ands, or buts. <laughs> no words need to be said. James Brown's The Payback kicks in. And then Gracie says, uh, maybe she said kick her ass, mama? Or she says, that's right, mama, or something like that. And I thought that was so cute. Of, like, her daughter wasn't scared, and she knows her mom is setting an example. <laughs> Love. Love, love, love that scene. I'm going to stop gushing about it <laughs> and let you guys react. But, uh, Tamika, how did, you, how did you take it? Oh, yeah. I love, like, when um, it reminded me of when Dudley D. Wright said something kind of slick to her early on in the season. I was like, yes, I love when, you know, people get their, you know, 
uh, just desserts. And I, I, that, that slap was just a long time coming from the, the dolls and like just the constant harassment and the gaslighting and the like everything. I was like, Oh, finally. Okay. You know, I, I, um, I also love the song choices in, uh, the show as well. I, uh, I'm reminded of like some really good songs, like the James Brown one. Yeah, and I don't know all the songs, but I know that the songs are chosen purposefully, so I just listen to the lyrics of the ones I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yes, great song choices. So good. Like, oh, that, that's on the nose, but I love it. So it was good. And then just the like, the shocked look on Patty Betty's face and the anger, you know, of somebody actually like, you know, what's it called? Um, uh, somebody like taking her on, like somebody actually like for once standing up to her. Cause I feel like very few people in that neighborhood do not even her husband. And she's, and, and then of course it, it had to be lucky. The black lady, mm-hmm. like, Oh, she was just enraged. Like, oh God. Yes. <laughs> ha! Uh, they will take that. I know I felt like ha well oh, no the one of the five fingers suited the face. Do <laughs> 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 wish that this moment in the in this series took place in modern day. Cause I, I wanted to see Betty walk away angry and then like her Instagram starts blowing up of people posting her getting the shits matter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like in like the neighborhood group even. Did y'all see what happened to Betty? Because <laughs> you know, someone would have put that on TikTok. Like, look at this Karen from East Compton oh, getting slapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have its own account. Karen's of East Compton. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. That and real, what did I say? Real husbands of East Compton. God, now I want it. We should make we should make those accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Stick claiming them right now. Yeah. No, that was that was a I, that was a great scene. Um, just I, I also to I just add that Lucky slapped Betty with the strength of her ancestors <laughs> because the way she it's like you said she just does it casually it's like you know it's, it's something that you see in a pimp movie you know just walk up you just slap her like like it's nothing in backhand too yep. so you know it was serious because she could have overhand slapped it yeah but when you backhand somebody that's knuckles yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's knuckles across the face and yeah, Betty, she she did. She looked shook. She did. Oh, and I was like, oh no, like Betty's gonna come down and call the police and say that the black woman across the street accosted her and this, that, and the other. You know, exaggerate, say she probably did more than what she really did. You know, type of. That's what I was thinking was gonna happen. Um, but but yeah, that that was a a very powerful scene. Just like you know, like you said too about 
the fact that Gracie stand there and witnesses it to see like you know this is how we stand up to them you know don't let them get us down you know so and a call back to you know earlier in that morning of like Gracie felt like Lucky really hurt her and I think yeah. so hey like I may do this to you in a home but like this is how we take care of each other in the streets. Like, I still will protect you, regardless if I messed up this morning. <laughs> I burned you, but... but yeah, because I mean... You slapped this white woman. I mean... <laughs> yeah! Because you know the how jumpy you were the next time you got in the chair after you got burned by hot air. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you just fed me, and these lights are on, but... I- do not want you to touch my head. Oh man! It's like making up for it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'd accept it. Like, oh yes. Like, I'm sorry. It... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, oh, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm surprised Betty didn't fall down in the street. You know, oh, wow. that really just, oh, you know, just to God. sell it even more. Yeah. Oh, God. Being like extra. <laughs> like, I, I'm to, I saw this video on uh, Twitter. Somebody posted where <laughs> these two women were like having a fight in the subway in New York. And one lady super kicks the other lady. And she, the one that gets kicked, she exaggerates it because she stumbles back. She lingers like close to the edge of where the tracks are. She lingers for like a good five seconds. Then she falls down there. <laughs> it's like you didn't, you did not have to fall down there. You over exaggerated. You mm-hmm. could have been killed by a freaking train. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I felt like here. Like, Betty could have over-exaggerated, but I think she was more shocked than anything. She didn't have time to really think about doing Yeah. Good. And good. Low-key kind of prick. Yeah. There's always, I guess, one scene per episode where I'm just like, yep, this mom here. Wish I had some popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you were like, one of the neighbors. Oh, yes. Especially if, like, she's been bullying you and you've been, like, silently, like, miserable for years. And you mm-hmm. see that. You're like, oh, God, I wish that was me. <laughs> Precisely. Like, I wish that I was the one slapping, doing the slapping. See, Mid, she left just a little too soon. Because I feel like Midge would have lived vicariously through Lucky. <laughs> in that slapping moment. Mm-hmm. Or it so. Mm-hmm. so the aftermath of it is, is that Betty runs into her house um upset, possibly frightened. <laughs> and she initially grabs a knife and I guess she just figured, what am I really gonna do with this knife? And she starts destroying her I wanna say it's her living room area. Finally starts ripping all this stuff off the, the wallpaper off the wall. We kind of get more exposure. I don't know what I saw, though. 
like I don't know what's on that wall. I assume it's it was burned. It's not 100% that it was burned. And then she uh, calls up the milkman and says she's ready to claim her favor. And we're let yet again with another cliffhanger. I assume it's the milkman. I'm not actually sure if she actually said his name. But she mentioned the word favor, and I think I just kind of drew that conclusion. Mm-hmm. How did this scene leave you guys? Well, so real quick, I, I, I want to mention on that. There's two people that we know of that owes Ben Clark and the milkman. So, and, and, and we still don't know exactly what Clark really owes her. I mean, we, we kind of assumed, but we don't really know. And yeah, the, the milkman owes her a favor too. So, but what if it's someone that we haven't met yet? Oh, <laughs> my, my natural instinct was going to be like, like who? But obviously that question won't go anywhere yet. Yeah, I don't but, know. Just... So you think it's neither one of them? I mean, I'm leaning towards the milkman, but I'm like, what if they introduce, you know, she got to call in a true heavy hitter at this point because, you know, she just been abused in the, for the whole neighborhood to see if she can't go out like that. So she got to call in a real heavy hitter who owes her a favor, I guess. I don't know. But I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say I don't think it's Clark because Clark has stolen fifty four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I don't think Clark she would be asking for favors at this point. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm safe to assume that Clark will not make it to the end credits of the final episode. <laughs> so yeah, if they have to give anything as donation sacrament or anything like that, Clark's going up there. And it will be by Betty's hand, maybe with that knife. Maybe Betty caught the milkman having an affair with one of the married women. And she's kind of holding that over his head. And that's why she forces him to have (laughs) their time together because she has nobody to sit on. Maybe it's the the midget's next baby. Hmm. Yeah, cause clearly Midge was cheating on her husband. So. I think so. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not the black boyfriend like we <laughs> like we wanted. <laughs> but, eh, the milkman, yeah, yeah. That's who I think it is, cause like he she knows that he's in love with her, or or there might be something going between them. Who knows? So like she seems like the type of person to like. You know, like use that, like, oh, okay, I see my opportunity. Doors open, doors wide open, (laughs) screen doors wide open. (laughs) It's just like, you know, calls him to be like, I don't know. So, wait, what do you mean by heavy hitter? Like, do you think that she's gonna like try to kill Lucky? I mean, get George to kill Lucky? Possibly. Yeah, I think something along those lines. Yeah, there there has to be retribution, you know. 
I've been embarrassed for the entire neighborhood to see in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. This this will not stand. You know, I'm supposed to be the leader of this neighborhood. How does it look for me to get slapped down in the street? There's little does she know. They're probably happy. That would be wild. I think I'd be kind of mad. Like, I gotta be honest. I swear, if, 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 I was gonna say Petty Wolf. (laughs) Petty Wolf. Petty Wolf. I gotta say, if that happens, I think I'll be, like, kind of mad. I don't know. That'd make me mad. Cause I just feel like, no, that's not the way this should go. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I think George might end up dead. But it's it's speaking of him. All right, because I I can't remember if I asked this when we talked in depth about him. Um, when him and Betty had their their time together or whatnot. But is it me or does Jason Stackhouse seem to kind of sort of? has been wasted so far in this series. Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's just... Because, I mean... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I No, continue, please. Yeah. No, I, no, I was just going to say that when this series was first announced and... I mean, because I didn't know any of the actors pretty much outside of Jason Stackhouse, Allison Peel, and Ruby Lee from Us and everything, but everyone else, you know, I I wasn't too familiar with or anything. So I was like, okay, well, he's in here. He's a known, you know, anyone who's seen True Blood or whatnot, you know, he's a known face Mm -hmm. and everything. So I was like, okay, he's probably going to have a major part of the series, but as of up to now, I mean, we didn't see him until what the third episode, I believe, like fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he has that one scene where the you know the women are, are looking at him as he's walking up, delivering milk to one of the houses, and they make their remark, "Oh, he only has eyes for Betty," type of thing. But yeah, it's just like he hasn't like really been a part of the show at all. I just thought that was interesting, like how they're. I don't know. Maybe these last few episodes, maybe he's gonna have a bigger role. You know, that maybe they were saving him, but at the same time, it's like I thought his role was gonna be a lot bigger in this season. Mm-hmm. Same, I agree with you. Hopefully, hopefully, I think that's why I hope it's him that she called because I'm like, come on, where where is the Jason Stackhouse? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is completely different. I mean, but granted, I mean, he's not playing Jason Stackhouse, but that's who he's best known for. We know, you know, the type of guy he was in Louisiana, you know, or whatnot. So it's kind of funny seeing him play this role of where if this was really Jason Stackhouse, I think he probably would have been delivering milk to all of the women of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but, you know, here he's more, like, subdued in a way. Yeah. Like, so. hmm. Come on, come on, last couple episodes. Yeah, we need, we need some George. <laughs> What's George like? What's he up to? What's he doing? And what's his favor? Because I'm telling you, please, listen, I I need at least, I want all of them to make it out of this. But I don't know if I can have that. I don't want to be greedy. <laughs> but man, no, Petty, uh, sorry, what is it? Betty, Bed and Wolf? No, this, this can't be this way. Can't, I tell you, she, Lucky dies, I riot. <laughs> Just, <laughs> no. No. I don't know. I don't, I don't think... I think... I think Lucky is protected to some degree. Okay. She has plot armor, I feel like. <laughs> so... Because yeah, I think her... Her big battle is with the man in the black hat. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, uh, oh god! I think I think everyone else is fair game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everyone else is fair game. I think. But I think Lucky. Yeah. She. 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 She has plot on. I think. Okay. I leave you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can throw it huh? Oh, no, 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 don't put it out there. Even though it's aren't shot. No! <laughs> we're, we're just, 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 we're uh, Betty Wolf is gonna make it to the bitter end. But, so. Mm. Okay. Ooh, wouldn't that be talk up talk about justice? Whoa. <laughs> or the or, or the whole thing could end with you know, you know, like we said a long time ago, the the neighborhood is burning down, and you know the two women come to a mutual respect as the town burns to the ground. Hmm. Oh God! Oh God! Like share a cigarette or something. Yeah, you know. You got a light? Okay. Got a light. Got a light. Yeah, sure. You go. God. Have kind of sort of a uh, ready not ending. Oh, I love that movie. (laughs) You guys seen this? I just realized that they both smoke. Yeah. They're different sides of the same coin. Yeah. <laughs> they both go by nicknames okay. and not their real name. Mm-hmm. They really are. There's some things I never paid attention to. <laughs> so. Hmm. One has a family, the other one just has a money stealing husband. So, I I don't. Do we ever discuss what possibly he took that money for? 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That one hit me out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. He, he worked a lot of late nights. Like, oh, I, I, I had he lost his job and he's borrowing against the same thing. Like, oh, that's what comes home so angry because he's just been drinking all day. <laughs> it's possible. That's yeah, that's possible. He's because I, I, I mean, I don't see, but um, I, I have a friend who uh, our husband lost his job. He never told her. He just attended to like work <laughs> during the day. Okay, how about this? Okay. What if, what if he had Henry old job? He. Oh. What if? What if well, they fired Clark and Brian. Oh my God! That. Do we know what Clark did? Like, did it ever say like what he did, or like I guess what his skill set was, or is? Not that I remember. No, but he's very crafty with the fact that he could spell out. You know, word is in the line. That lawn. is true. He probably didn't need a protractor. <laughs> <laughs> Not a protractor. For shoot, I don't think I could. You know, those lines were straight. Like that. They were yeah. like super straight. You know, and like the so. two words lined up. I was like, okay, I'll do that in the dark. Okay. So. Clearly, he has some type of a skill. So. Oh, yeah. Well, now, now I'm immensely curious because we only have four yeah. episodes left. And I guess there's more questions we need answers to that roughly needs to be wrapped up in the next two hours. So we have the, the night version like the night side mm-hmm. of day seven and What's then it? we have covenant part there's a i don't know if these are in order but i'm just like these are just this is just what i remember so this is the second part of the covenant and then i don't know the other two. <laughs> oh, okay so you have day seven night. You have episode eight, which is day nine. So you skip a day. You go from seven to nine. So I guess mm-hmm. nothing happened on day eight. And Coven two is episode nine. And then the final episode is day ten. Uh oh. Okay. So I guess we are getting another flashback prequel episode. But so we go from day seven to day nine and whatever happens during day eight, we just don't know. Yeah. Right. Interesting. (laughs) That means that, yeah. There's some like we are about to get like I I I know it's already been wild but things are about to really 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 hit the fan and go way downhill. <laughs> We're there. 
from here on out. I am a little oh. worried. Uh, this is not exactly a spoiler, but public knowledge. On IMDb, Covenant 2 seems to be the lowest ranked episode. Uh-oh. And not by a lot. It's a oh. 6.8. The rest are all 7s and above. Oh. So uh, hmm. I wonder what we're not going to be satisfied with. Essentially. Hmm. But we're almost there. Yes. Yeah. Exciting. Oh, God. I'm ready. I'm super, super ready. Yeah, I've been, I've been tempted. Like, after each episode, when it comes up for the next episode, yeah, keep going. But I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, because you get so, like, into it. You're like, oh, God, I got to know. But no. Yeah, this episode and episode four definitely left me with cliffhangers where I was like, I need to know what just happened. I need to see mm-hmm. what happens the next day. How do we recover mm-hmm. from this? What's my family doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this, this is a is a ride for sure. I, I, like I said, I didn't think anything would, at least for me, I didn't think anything would ever be on the same level as Twin Peaks. But yeah, this is this is right up there. I, I see right it now. I see it now. Yeah. Maybe there's a Black Lodge somewhere. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> The man in the black hat, he's Bob, and hmm. we just don't have a, we just don't have a, a Dale Cooper in this series. Right. Give right. it time though, hmm. because we do know this has already gotten the season two green light. Thank you all for listening to the episode. Be sure to check out the TV Zone podcast network on all of the platforms for podcasting, such as iTunes, Stitcher. Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, just type in TV Zone Podcast Network and it will come up and you can check out all of the podcasts that are part of the network and definitely continue to stay tuned for the them coverage. Thank you all again for listening and we'll see you next time.